one second. Let me put my plane, airplane mode. Um, okay. Ready? Stephen Boswell here, star of the show. They ask you how you are, you just have to say that you're fine when you're not really fine, but you just can't Kevin get into here, it because uh, they would never understand. Co-host. This is a series, a series for financial advisors. We offer easy to implement marketing and practice management advice. This is The Stephen and Kevin Show. Welcome back, everybody. Episode number 99 of The Stephen and Kevin Show. Today, we're going to be talking about a social media competitive analysis. We're excited for today's topic, but before we get into it, make sure you subscribe. If you're watching on YouTube, subscribe. If you're listening via podcast, make sure you subscribe. We're always trying to put out helpful content for the advisor community. Today, we need to address, first of all, why it's important to have a competitive analysis with regards to your social media efforts, and then to talk about how to do it and what you'll make use of it for. So there was a, a large firm we were working with and we were tasked with putting together a social strategy for them, right? It's been something we've been working on for the past few months, putting a lot of time and energy into. And part of their overarching social strategy was a competitive analysis. And we really dug into that and we thought, let's take what we've learned from conducting that analysis and let's show advisors how to do this for other competitors right in their neighborhood. Yeah, absolutely. And, and before we get into that, I, I think it's worth noting that we at Oxley are known for the work that we do one-on-one -on -one with financial professionals. You know, we're, we're great with coaching and offering social media advice, social posts, and all, all the services that we offer. We do a lot of work behind the scenes for major financial firms, whether it's group training assignments, group coaching, or strategies like what we're describing here, social strategies. So if you're in the market, hey, you know where to find us. Yeah, so this was, again, a, a huge project. One sliver of that project was the competitive analysis. And what we're going to do today is break down exactly how we went about doing that for you all. Um, but why does this even matter? When we think about why would an advisor go through the trouble of doing this? Well, there, there are a number of benefits, but I think what enables you to do this is just the transparency that's created with digital marketing. Right? You think about traditional marketing, whether it's you know, print advertising or, you know, a billboard. I mean, some of that stuff is, is visual, but it's hard to get a good grasp all in one location of what a competitor might be doing. Or even traditional, you know, client acquisition techniques like networking right. in the community. Let's say you're my competitor down, competitor down the street and you're bringing in a ton of business from your country club. How would I know? Exactly. No idea, right? Exactly. With social, it is transparent. I can look up your profiles just like anybody else. We can even dig into how you're advertising and what those advertisements look like. Yeah, so that transparency is pretty fantastic if you use it to your advantage, right? So it's gonna take a little bit of, of digging. So that's uh, what makes it possible, right? Uh, but yes. In terms of why you would wanna do it, it's nice to know what competitors are doing, not because you wanna mirror their approach, not because uh, you can't figure out things on your own, but it gives you more insights than you'd have when you're in your own bubble. I was on a webinar earlier today and one of the questions was phrased as, how many, you know, what percentage of financial advisors are on social media? And I thought, you know, I, I don't have the answer to that question, but it's also not all that relevant. It's not how many are on there, it's how many are on there in a, in a really compelling manner. Right. And the answer is a very small percentage. And if you're one of uh, the, you know, the many, many financial advisors who have a, a, a more starting point social uh, profile mm -hmm. uh, on Facebook, on LinkedIn, on any of the networks, there's a lot to be learned by studying competitors who are better at you in this space. Yeah, we could identify, you know, the type of content they're putting out, uh, what seems to be working, what's not working, um, if we could differentiate our marketing in some way, and even knowing their ideal client profile, like their target market. I mean, there's just 
a lot of benefit to this exercise. And it's not just for financial advisors. The same holds true for us at Oxley as well. Yeah. When you study what other people are doing, it sparks some creativity in your mind. And you also hear the, the phrase, you don't know what you don't know, mm -hmm. right? If you're not a student of other people's posts, of other people's advertising campaigns, then you haven't broadened your own horizons enough. Yeah, we, we were talking about this recently with some of our coaching clients, just this concept of let's conduct a social media competitive analysis. And one of them who is very you know advanced with social was saying, you know what, I never thought of this. Like, why didn't I think of, you know, really conducting more of an analysis of what competitors are doing? Uh, and so a lot of different benefits to doing it. Again, yes, it is an educational exercise, but we're going to also talk about putting some of that to use. I remember when I started at Oxley, one of my first projects, I was in grad school at the time, and I think it felt like kind of a grad school project, but Matt wanted me to do a competitor analysis on other people in the space. Mm -hmm. And I think in the beginning, I thought, this is kind of a waste of time. Like some of the stuff that we're doing is already a little bit more advanced than others, right? So why, why are we worried about what deliverables they're providing and, and so on? But as you get more into that project, and as we've done similar projects uh, since then, you start to pick up one little idea, one little tweak to what you're doing, one little nuance to how you, you know, should do this going forward, and it, it helps. Exactly. So again, hopefully you buy into the concept. Yes, this is something I, I should do, we should take seriously. Now we're gonna walk you through sequentially how to go about doing it, right? And we're gonna start with selecting your competitors. So how do you go about picking, let's say three to five competitors that make the most sense to analyze? Yeah, and some of this is personal preference. Yeah. My personal preference would be to pick those who are better than you at what we're analyzing here, which is social. Agreed. Right, they might have four times the level of assets that you have, but have a lousy social presence. How much is that helping us to analyze what they're doing? Mm -hmm. I mean, it might be interesting to say, oh, look how lousy they are, uh, but it'd be a whole lot more interesting even to, to look through those who are half your level of assets, but who are crushing it on social, the up-and-comers. I agree, so there's some that, um when you're thinking about looking at, let's say, other advisors who are doing a really good job, some of this might be aspirational. Well, if, from a social standpoint, because right. like if you were doing a competitive analysis in general or around the business model in general, you'd be thinking about apples to apples. Who do we run up against in the community? Mm -hmm. Like what services do they offer? What type of expertise do they have in-house? What are their differentiators? That's a whole different exercise than a social uh, from the social side. True. Very true. So. You know, maybe it is some that you've heard in conversation who do a good job. Maybe it's a Google search. Uh, maybe it's ones that you've noticed that you thought, gosh, they just crush it on here. And I want to see what they're doing. How many should we select? I threw out just briefly three to five. We don't want to do too many. This can get cumbersome as well. But you know, I, think, I feel like that's a good starting point. But three to five who you with you know, a quick look at their profiles could say, you know what, they're, they're doing some good things here. Yes. Maybe you wouldn't emulate their entire presence online, but there are one or two things that you'd pick out and say, you know what, love that video series they're doing. Is there any, any benefit to finding competitors who are doing a poor job? I think oh. so, I think so. I think there it's is not some, hard to find. <laughs> it's, it's, that's true, it's probably not hard to find, but it'll show you some things not to do, right? Especially when we start digging into the numbers and, and whatnot. Uh, that was one of the things that we had uncovered with this project is, you know, some competitors who are just doing a poor job. Well, let's make sure that we don't go down that path. Okay, so step one, we know who we're going to analyze. Step two is to determine their usage. So how we broke this down is into three different categories. We determined for each social network, is the competitor active, 
meaning they've been posting over the past six months or so? Are they inactive, meaning we, we can't even find a profile? And then third, are they present but inactive? And we see that sometimes where someone created a profile, they have a YouTube channel, but geez, they haven't posted on that thing in two years. Yeah, and you can't read too much into that, right? You can't read into it to say that, well, they no longer post on YouTube because it was ineffective. They might have just gotten distracted with one of many other projects. Most likely. Right? Yeah. Uh, but it does give you give you some idea of where the, the bigger brands, the, the, the better competitors in terms of social, where they're spending their time. Exactly. So what you'll want to do to find that, the easiest way is to go to their website, look for those social icons that link out, right? That's probably the easiest way. If you can't do that, you're running Google searches, you're doing some of that research to see, you know, do they have that Facebook business page set up? Do they have that Instagram account? Uh, that you know, LinkedIn company page? Are they using that LinkedIn personal profiles? YouTube accounts, are they on TikTok, right? I mean, like, what are they leveraging right now? And are they active or inactive? Yeah, and to give you a cheat sheet on that, I mean, think in, in some order here yeah. of LinkedIn, Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, yeah. Twitter, you know, in, in some sort of a, a rank order there. Yeah, absolutely. So, and, and just a, a pro tip here, bookmark these links because when you're going to be coming back here and you're going to be running numbers and analyzing what they're doing, it's a pain to have to search for them every single time. Okay. Next step of the process is going to be a quantitative analysis. This is where you're going to dig into the numbers for those competitors on each of those social profiles. And what you're doing by digging into the numbers, and we're gonna talk about the metrics we think you should look at here, is you're looking for the leaders. You're looking for ones who, gosh, they're doing a really good job. Uh, and what can I emulate? What can I glean from that? Totally. There's a, uh, so much conflicting advice out there about how much you should post by network, mm -hmm. what style of post these should be, and so on. But when you look at other people who've, who are obviously further along down the path than you are, yep. You're able to let their trial and error, their research and, and development work for you. So instead of, you know, you skinning your knee and, and, you know, trying to figure this out the hard way of how much is too much, how much is not enough, look at some people who've obviously gotten further than you have and say, they're posting three times a week on LinkedIn, for example. They've got two YouTube videos going up a month. They probably got some logic behind that. Yeah, definitely. And so you just, you just referenced one of the metrics that we would want to look at, which is frequency of posts. Mm -hmm. To, to, in order to get that metric, in most scenarios, you're going to have to calculate that manually. It's not that cumbersome, right? You're just going to maybe, you know, add it up, you know, or have someone on your team tally it up for a year and divide by 52 weeks, right? And you know, average post per week. This is how frequently they're putting out content. The other thing we want to look at is total followers too. Now, one thing I, I would caution you to look at here is if, what if you notice someone, and I know Steve and I, you probably have some strong opinions on this. You notice someone who has 20,000 Instagram followers, but their engagement is, is nil. Man, they must be popular. <laughs> no, you know, people buy followers sometimes. Yes. And, uh, you know, it's not what we're after. No. But you're, you're looking for a high follower count of for non-vanity reasons. Yes. You're looking for it because you're building an audience. And other people, uh, you know, good, bad, or different, they may, they may have a bigger audience than you and you wanna follow some of what they're doing. Yeah, but don't get fooled by it. I mean, like, if you if you see some astronomical number there and you're like, wow, how does Jim Smith in our community have so many? They may not be real, right? Take a look at the next metric, which we're gonna talk about, which is engagement rate. 
So engagement rate is just a ratio of the number of people who have seen your posts compared to the, how many of those people have engaged with that, that content. So it could be a sign of somebody who bought followers. It can yes. also be a sign of somebody who's putting out better content. Yep. So if you look at someone with a high engagement rate, more often than not, you're gonna look at it and say, well, that's because their content's really good. Yeah, well, and one of the things that, that we've discovered, you know, conducting this is that sometimes less frequency, better content, get you know, higher engagement rate. Right? Yeah, and we're gonna get into the qualitative today in terms of what people are posting, but you know, there's a, a huge portion of financial advisors out there who have auto-posted content that's just, it's a little bit dry, mm -hmm. uh, to, to be nice about it, it's a little bit dry. Yeah, uh, next metric that we wanna look at is percent of video content. Are they a leader in video? Are they adopting that? It just gives you an idea of what, what they're putting out there in terms of their overall content mix. Is it just all graphics? Is it all, you know, third-party articles, you know, linking to some other third-party vendor or whoever it might be? Um, or is it content that they're creating themselves? So um, one other thing I wanna mention here as you're, as you're doing this, right, this quantitative discovery, um, those metrics are important. The other thing that you wanna look at here is just ads running. Most people don't realize that you can uncover this. We can look on Facebook, go under the transparency, you know, the ads library and identify the ads that they have currently running, which is so helpful. Um, and then you can also do this through a LinkedIn company page as well. And the reason this exists is because Facebook was under some scrutiny yeah. to make sure that the advertisers, that it was known who was doing the advertising and what they were putting forth. Because otherwise, unless you're the target of said advertising, you're not seeing it. Right. right, But with your competitors, dig into it, especially the bigger ones who, know, who you know are running ads. It's really interesting to us to look at that because you're seeing not only that they are running ads, but who are they, who are they really after with this? Who are they what is the messaging? Uh, is it to promote a webinar? Is it just more awareness focused? Yep. Like what are they doing? You can steal so much from that. I, I love it. So just to kind of recap a few of these, we're looking at total followers, right? That's, that's one of the initial metrics we want to look at. Frequency of posts. We want to get it down to post per week. That's a common question we get, though, from advisors is, well, how frequently should I be posting? Well, let's take a look at some competitors in your area and let's see what they're doing, right? Um, percent of video content, engagement rate is, is one, ads running. And then there are a few others that you can dig into. There are some websites that you can subscribe to or, or utilize. One is called Social Blade. Um, that'll actually, you can put in a URL and it'll tell you on Facebook, hey, these are the average comments per post or average likes per post for a particular competitor. When you're thinking about division of labor on stuff like this, because yes. I know some of this sounds kind of tedious, right? You've got to go in and count posts it and is. do some math. Yeah. Uh, you may have an opportunity for other team members to help you out on that. So if it is um, the, the, the person in a marketing role in your team that takes that on, great if you have that. If it's an intern type of task, all the better. If it's a family member of yours who's looking for something to do over the summer, uh, you know, this the, the manual aspect of this can be farmed out. Now, other parts of it, the analysis of this, the creation of new content series or, or posts is going to require a lot of you. But this first phase of, you know, let's identify who these people are and run some some math on what, what exactly their game plan is. What's interesting is to look for those outliers and look for those trends, right? When you start putting this into an Excel spreadsheet, right, you're going to notice a few that you're saying, wow, like their engagement rate is really high. Well, let's now I really want to see their content, right? You're going to notice those outliers and you're going to want to dig in even further. So we're looking for those. Now, let's move to the next part of the process, and that's going to be the qualitative analysis. What are the things that we're looking for there, Stephen? Well, you know, the, the reasoning for this is that you could look at the quantitative side of it and say that XYZ firm is posting twice as much 
well, you might think I need to do that. You know, they're looking really good until you look at the post and they stink. Right. Right. They're, they're vanilla, boring. They're just, you know, they, they give no insights into the credibility and the smarts of the financial advisor and team themselves. Mm-hmm. Right. So the qualitative side is let's look at the design. Let's look at the ideas put forward. Let's look at the degree to which these team members are part of the post, part of the videos. I like that. Let's look at whether or not these are individual concepts or series. Yep. Like there's so much you can pull from just looking at snapshots of their post. I love that. So when you say snapshots, that's a good exercise, by the way, is to go and actually create like a mosaic mm-hmm. of for this competitor, you know, imagine, you know, a, a spreadsheet or, or some sort of slide deck where you have snapshots or screenshots of everything that they've been posting, right? Um, is that branding on point? Are they putting out content that bolsters like one particular person on their team? Right? Are they creating thought leadership in that way? A lot of good stuff that you're, you're looking at here. And what the other thing that you want to do is marry that quantitative and this qualitative. So if on the on the quantitative side, I notice someone has an amazing engagement rate. Now we're looking at what they're posting. Mm-hmm. And we're trying to identify the posts that get the most engagement. What are they doing right and what are they doing wrong? I would say that almost all of you out there, probably everybody watching this, has the subject matter expertise to pull off a really good social presence. Now, what you uncover in the qualitative analysis is how some of that ought to be packaged. Mm-hmm. Right? Every one of you, if you were in front of a client right now, you'd be talking to them with a uh, with a great amount of authority, with some really good advice on how to manage money, how to plan for retirement, all the things that you do really well. Now, the other pieces of the puzzle can be farmed out. If you need help with graphic design, with videography, obviously we do stuff like that, happy to help. Um, but other people can too. Like, But you bring to the table something unique and valuable, which is your ideas. But let other people help guide you in terms of how to package this to make you look like a rock star online. And it, and it makes a big difference. Oh, huge. Huge difference. Like some of the best, some of the, you know, you talk to financial advisors who maybe aren't as into social and you could, you could be speaking with somebody who you see as an expert of all experts, super smart, yet you look them up online and you're like, who's this guy? Right. Right. Uh, you could, uh, on the flip side of that, find somebody who's kind of new to the profession. They're still learning. Uh, yet they seem super credible based on how they portray themselves online. Exactly. So you're taking a look at, at all of that stuff, the topics that they're, they're talking about mm-hmm. as well, right? Where are they getting those topics and how personal is their content? Does it look like they had a hand in actually making the content? Again, that stuff makes a difference. And, and one thing that, and Stephen kind of mentioned this briefly is we're looking for cornerstone content. He said series, right? Are, do they have some sort of series that they, that they hang their hat on? Mm-hmm. And for most advisors that we've worked with historically looking at, I mean, you kind of need that. You need some sort of longer form content there that is, we say cornerstone, meaning that it's not a, a finite series. It's not, hey, uh, three videos on this. It's an ongoing series where they're putting out consistent quality content. The reasoning behind that uh, is that creating a big batch of content doesn't have to feel so overwhelming. If the initial task every month is to build out this cornerstone content, and that could be a longer form article, it could be a longer form video or podcast, you then have the ability to dissect that into a whole bunch of other smaller pieces. So the hard part, your your ideation here is done in one batch. Yes. And then you have the team around you or the outsourced team around you build uh, micro content based on the ideas you put forth in the beginning. 100%. So you're looking for that. Are your competitors doing that? Mm -hmm. Right. Are, Are they... Or are they doing a poor job with it? So 
The last section here are gonna be your discoveries, your takeaways from this analysis. You're looking at things like, you know, what am I gonna change or what are we gonna change as a team based on what we discovered? Uh, what KPIs are we going to measure? And, you know, if we're taking a look at some of the numbers that we analyzed in the quantitative side, well, now we have some benchmarks, mm -hmm. right? Like let's compare ourselves as we start improving our social content to some of our main competitors. How do we get a higher engagement rate? Do we need to be putting out more video content? Um, how do we get more impressions and views and all of that kind of stuff? But now you have a little bit of a baseline. And what you're looking to draw out is a roadmap for yourself for let's say the next six months. Because social media, it's, it's always been our experience, you're, you're chipping away at projects constantly. Yes. Like you're tinkering with it literally every week and you'll do so for the rest of your career. Mm -hmm. So the question is, how do we do this in an educated way to where we take a big holistic look at it by identifying competitors, studying what they're doing, putting together a game plan that realistically we could do in a few months to a year so that we're, you know, we're, we're a little bit more thoughtful in our actions. And at that point, you pull up for error again and analyze your efforts. How have things gone? What should we tinker with based on more research? And that's one of the, the amazing things about digital marketing in itself is that the numbers are there, mm -hmm. right? Everything is more visible. I mean, it's transparent, especially when you're, you, you own those accounts, which, which is very different. You're going to be able to see what's working and, and what's not. So just to recap today, number one, determine your competitors. We're looking for three to five. Number two, take a look at their usage, right? Which networks are they using? What are they not using? Number three, quantitative discovery. Let's take a look at some of those key KPIs, right? And let's let's see what they're, how our competitors are performing on those networks. Number four, the qualitative side, that's the mosaic. That's what are they putting out, you know, that's leading to the quantitative. And then finally, you wanna have some clear takeaways, some discoveries from that analysis. Yeah, and you know, from, from our side of things, we, we coach and train a ton of financial advisors around their social media marketing, right? And if you were to look behind the scenes at some of the advice that we're giving, we're saying focus first on content. So you heard us, we referenced, you can see people's advertising. And we feel strongly, we yes. advertise, many of you are seeing our ads. So we advertise heavily through social media. Sure. And uh, we feel strongly about that. However, the starting point for the vast majority of you out there right now is building better content first. But putting more energy into your content. Let other people inspire you through this competitive analysis. Hey, if you haven't already, subscribe to the podcast, either on your favorite podcast platform or on YouTube. We'd love to have you as a follower there. We're always looking for a bigger audience as well. Also, if you need help with any element of your marketing approach at this point, we offer advice through coaching. We offer content through our social content program. We offer advertising through our digital ads program. If you need video, we have Oxley Mobile. We are uh, a, an ally to you in creating content. Stay tuned, everybody. Coming up next, episode 100. It's Whoa, a milestone we're happy a, with. That's a big one.